Chris, I'm I'm operating with a laser focus tonight. I have no off-topic comments to make. Today is okay. Today, tonight's going to be all about all about statements relating specifically uh-huh. to Garfield. John, I hope it, I'm hoping that there'll be I statements though, because I statements make what you say less confrontational. Uh, Chris, I if he, if you <clears throat> describe Garfield using you statements, oh no no okay okay. I find it very challenging <laughs> when Garfield is described with you statements. I'm not so much about myself. I'm more of a we versus me kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. Or we, fe- you know, mm-hmm. we we feel that uh, we versus me uh-huh. statements are more uh, conducive to uh, a friendly working relationship. So I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be speaking entirely. Wait, wait, who's going to be? Who's going to be speaking in time? <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> so, if you don't mind... Uh-huh, that was a you statement. We, we will be speaking entirely uh, in the royal voice. John, in the words of renowned philosopher Martin Buber, I and thou... We love Martin Buber. His name has the word boob in it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. No doubt you recall Pizza Rat, John. Hmm? Internet celebrity Pizza Rat. You remember Pizza Rat? I do. I mean, we do. You don't remember Pizza Rat? Uh Okay, okay. Listeners, we're going to play some vamp music while John Google's Pizza Rat. Well, girl, would you make me go home alone? You think I just stand there wearing a frown? Yeah, watch the video. You're gonna want to watch the video. Walking you home to your daddy's house, but you ain't in the mood for getting down. I got a lady I can pose in any hour. She lives in Chester, on the other side of town. Yeah, okay, so you no doubt recall a few months and or years ago when Pizza Rat became a national hero for trying to carry a pizza, slice I, of, a slice of pizza pie we, home on the subway. I do not remember that. Wow, I'm, it's a, I, I feel like, wow. I feel like you're trying to... Do you not keep up with current <clears throat> events? We feel like... Do you we, just not care about the world around okay, first you? first of all, this is the second week in a row... <laughs> That one of us has brought up a rat-related internet <laughs> meme, and then, and then, yeah. and then, and then feigned outrage that the other did not already know about it. <laughs> but our our rat meme was was more recent. It was that that was just a few months ago that Shower Rat took the nation by storm. Okay, but well, the, all the more reason that you should know about Pizza Rat. It's been like three years since September 2015 when Pizza Rat became a national celebrity for attempting to carry a giant slice of pizza home with him, despite being a disgusting rat. Oh, come on. Um. <laughs> how, how do you know the rat's disgusting? I mean, rats are rats are vermin, John. They're filthy vermin. Rats are are. I mean, Ra- they're. I don't know. I, I guess I guess I'm fine with that. If you want to call rats vermin, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Are we, I mean, and I, since we, that time, okay, our podcast is anti-rat. Okay. All right. I'm on board. 
I think I think we're anti-rat. Yeah, you know, the, we, we consider them filthy night creatures. I mean, um, they're just they're just they're just bigger mice. That's basically. I mean, are we? I mean, they're just they're just pizza-loving children of God, <laughs> just like us, right? Um, and I mean, and since that time, John, like there have been few additional sightings of what we assume is the same rat no trying doubt. to carry, yeah, trying to carry slices of pizza home. I'm watching watching one right now. It's delightful. And yeah, yeah, okay. As as you point out, when a rat is carrying pizza, it's no longer disgusting vermin. It's just like I I feel a sense of brotherhood with this rat. On average, Chris, wild rats live for about one to two years. Wow. Okay. So it could well be this. It it could well be that pizza rat has already uh, shuffled off this mortal <laughs> coil. Um. Oh well. Look. Anyway. I mean, almost certainly. Er- yeah. Earlier today, John, I was walking our dog, George McFly, around the neighborhood, and uh, we were walking past uh, the big dumpster that our uh, condo complex uses, mm-hmm. and we encountered a pizza squirrel. We encountered a squirrel with a big old slice of New York-style pizza pie in its jaws, attempting to climb up a telephone pole to get to its tree home <laughs> That's the best with part. this huge, huge slice of pizza. Um, I did not... Now, did I get a photo or video of Pizza Squirrel? Unfortunately, no, I did not. And that is why I'm not currently a billionaire. Um... So I, yeah, I got, I got, I grabbed my phone, you know, got my phone out as soon as I saw Pizza Squirrel, tried to get him in focus. George started barking at the squirrel. Long story short, Pizza Squirrel dropped his slice of pizza and ran away. So real tragic ending to that story. Where's the pizza now? Did some, some other animal uh, I, get it? I assume, I assume it is still on the ground by the dumpster. Hopefully the squirrel has gone back to get it. I commend that squirrel, John. For fishing that piece of pizza out of the dumpster and attempting to carry it home, Chris, we are we are impressed by that story. But we would have been more impressed if it had been Chicago-style pizza. I okay. It's well known that rodents prefer New York-style mm. pizza. You you I think have expressed on the internet before the false belief to which you are entitled. That Chicago-style pizza is superior to all other varieties of pizza. Now, I'm not going to ask you to defend no, that statement. No, 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 no. Because that's it not, because it is indefensible. That's not true. That's not true. Okay. I think they're basically both fine. That's my hot take about the Chicago-style versus New York-style pizza debate. Your your they're hot both take fine. is that like they're both you're, they're both delicious food items. Your hot take is that pizza is yummy. I didn't say yummy. I said fine, but you said you then you said delicious, which is a synonym <laughs> of yummy. Yeah, Whatever. I mean, it, it, I, it's fine. I, I I prefer New York style, but I'm not going to turn my nose up at Chicago. They're style. just different pizza things. Pizza is, as you say, as you say, pizza is delicious. I, yeah, they're different. Yeah, things. I mean, it is funny when people make fun of Chicago style pizza. Yeah, take that, Chicago. Like, oh, it's basically like eating a bread soup. You know, it's funny. It's like... Mm-hmm. Bread bread soup can be really nice. I know, I'm though. like, that sounds like, delicious. Yeah. 
A Tuscan bread soup. Look, I think the important thing is we can both agree that traditional Neapolitan tradition. We can, we can both agree because okay, you said that weird. I think we can both agree that traditional Neapolitan style pizza is bullshit. Oh yeah, no the the Italians have no yeah, idea. Fuck you, Italy. no idea how to do pizza. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Italy. Your pizza is garbage. Take that, Sacco and Vincetti. Yeah, up yours. Sit on attack, Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> All right. You don't want to. You don't want to continue insulting Italians. I mean, I guess we could. Mm-hmm. Girl, I can't think of any more Italian. <laughs> I mean, we really Jim Davis is my name. You're listening to Being Jim Davis with tonight's musical guest, Odie Van Halen. <laughs> my name is John Gibson, and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Christopher Winter, and I'm Jim Davis. Chris, it's the Ides of April, 1980. Correct. We are looking at the 667th ever Garfield strip. Take us away, Chris. Tell us all about what we're in store for. John, in today's Garfield, which I'm at pains to specify, occurs on a Tuesday. In today's Garfield, John Arbuckle owns a cuckoo clock for exactly one day. Fantastic. All right. Well, since we're short on time, I'm just going to move right into panel one. Okay. Um, which one are we on? Okay, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Panel one. The one. John the one sitting, it's the one, the one with the It's the, the one that I just said that we were on. John is sitting in his yes, depression yes. chair, reading a Correct. newspaper with mm-hmm. an expression I'm going to characterize with the phrase, slight interest. I think that's fair. I think that's, yeah, that's accurate. Hovering um, midair above John Arbuckle's head are two tweet onomatopoeias mm-hmm. uh, emanating from off panel to the, yeah, to from the, the left. left. Yep. Behind John Arbuckle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are they emanating? We don't know. With squiggly lines. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know at this stage what is making these noises. And there's no way John Arbuckle could know because he's facing the away from Chris, him. we may never know. Yeah, yeah, it's accurate. It's the cuckoo clock. It is the cuckoo clock, yeah. 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 Panel two, John mm-hmm. is surprised. Why is he surprised? I'll tell you. It's because that those tweet onomatopoeias have transmogrified into a sprawling onomatopoeia, mm-hmm. evidently much louder that's more or less clear, I suppose, from the exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the line draw, uh, drawing it from the edge of the panel is now straight. That's notable by definition. I would, I would yep, yep. I mean, you, you noted it. Got some motion lines around the paper now. The paper itself is uh, kind of all squiggly now. It's, it's like mm-hmm. a little ruffled. Yep. That's it. Yeah, no, that's an excellent description of panel two of today's strip. Third panel, the camera pans over mm-hmm. to the left to reveal Garfield hanging from 
uh, the cuckoo bird, mechanical cuckoo bird that is uh, exited from this uh, cuckoo clock that we have never seen before. Yeah, yeah. How is he um, hanging from it? By his mouth. Garfield yeah, was attempting yeah. to eat the mechanical bird. Yeah, we... Look, at no point in panels one, two, or three do we see the eponymous cuckoo of this clock. However, context clues. We have every reason to believe that there is a mechanical bird there, a cuckoo at the end of the humorously long sprungy device coming out of the clock in panel three, and that Garfield's got it in his mouth. Um, it's a very tall cuckoo clock. It's got a, uh, you know, it look, looks like basically a grandfather clock, but with a cuckoo coming out of it. Yep. It's not at all um, ornate or decorative the way you often expect a cuckoo clock to be, quite frankly. Um, and Garfield is interestingly, I, I almost want to say expressionless <laughs> in this panel. Like you'd think that at this point in the, in the sequence of events, he would be thinking, what the fuck, that's not a real bird or something. Or he'd be concerned about the fact that he's hanging from his mouth, you know, at a great height. But he's not. He's just like, he looks to me, this is the facial expression of every fat character in a Far Side cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, because his cheeks are full of of uh, a yeah. mechanical bird, which which is the way I yeah. assume most far side characters are. Um, They're constantly eating <laughs> mechanical birds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Automata. Garfield accepting his 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 unfortunate fate with a zen like serenity. Mm. As as frankly as John Arbuckle, John <laughs> is looking over his shoulder. He was. He was startled mightily in panel two. But by panel three, which I take to be like a fraction of a second later, he is totally blasé about the fact that his cat is trying to eat his clock. All right. All right, Chris. Here's a question for you. Okay. The sprawling onomatopoeia, evidently what uh, rankled John Arbuckle out of his, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, evening reverie. Yeah, I, I mean that's not in this trip, but I can I, I I picture this happening at like, you know, around seven at night. John, John, I'm I'm going to call to your attention the fact that we don't need to speculate about the time of day this strip takes place, as there is a clock in full view in panel three. Okay, but it appears uh, appears to be two o'clock. Uh, all right, it, well I'm going to say it's two o'clock in the morning then. Yeah, we don't yeah. know if it's a.m. or yeah. p.m., but yeah. it's definitely yeah. 2 o'clock. All right, fine. Well, okay. I didn't, didn't, I didn't know there was a clock in this one. What do you want? No, no. Fair, um, fair. Hey, you, you gotta, you've really got to look at the details in a Garfield. <laughs> really got to pay attention. So, all right. So here's my question. The sprawling sound effect, that, that uh -huh. reads to me like the sound that a cuckoo bird makes when it is ejected from a clock. It, 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 like it's Yeah, it's intended... Out mechanism right uh -huh. why mm -hmm. would that be surprising to john like that's john that's that's, a, that's, a that's fair what question. it's supposed to do yeah. and that's a, that's a fair question he already heard it tweeting in the first panel so like he knows it's uh -huh. about to jump out so okay. the only explanation so, is that the sprawling is supposed to be the sound of garfield like leaping up and 
biting on it. Uh-huh. Sproing could be interpreted as the sound of a cat leaping spring-like into the air, but that doesn't read quite correctly, does right? it? Right? It's, it's, not, it's not good. Particularly since the sproing is clearly emerging from the upper left rather than the lower left of Garfield, like, jumping off the well, ground. Well, he, he could have been, um, been leaping from... A, 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 a piece of furniture that was at the same height. I guess. It looks like, uh, in panel three, it looks like Garfield's been jumped straight up to get it, or either jumped from right, but we'd see him if he was jumping from the right. We would have seen yeah. it in panel two. Okay, so, all right, we're back to the, the, the sprawling being here's, the sound of the, of the... Oh, did you have more? I'm sorry. No, well, okay, here's my read on that sprawling. I'm glad that you zeroed in on it. It's clearly, um, you know, kind of enigmatic. My read on the sequence of events is that in panel one, the bird emerges from the clock and goes tweet, tweet. And that's as it should. The, it doesn't, you know, it comes out on those that weird extension thing. I don't know what that's called. That, you know, springy thing. Um, but, it you know, it doesn't, doesn't extend very far it just pops out and goes tweet tweet and and all's right in the world we can conclude from john arbuckle's facial expression there that this is not out of the ordinary in panel two i think what's happening is garfield has jumped at the bird grabbed it and pulled it further out of the clock than it's meant to go Mm. and that is creating a sprawling sound as he yanks it forward you know the force of his his body and the force of gravity, and that's why John Arbuckle is startled then because it doesn't usually make that sprawling noise. So John is John is used to used to hearing tweets. Yes, on the tweeting hour. is a is a normal thing. Tweet, uh-huh. Tweeting you might you might you might imagine the existence of these tweets permeating mm-hmm. the Arbuckle household. Uh, uh-huh. With some regularity, being a being a normal yes. thing, you know, just like mm-hmm. this is what happens, you know, and then all of a sudden, the tweeting arena is is invaded by a, an orange monster of some kind that does horrible things. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's a uh, surface reading of the strip and nothing else. Um, one one subtle point. I, I really like this strip. There's so much, so much there. Um, panel one. How many tweets do we get? Two tweets. Yeah, there's two. Yep. Panel three. We get a look at the clock. What time is it? It's two o'clock. I think we can take it as read that the bird tweets once for each hour. Mm. You know, like a like a the chimes going, like the bells ringing. Fair enough. Fair you enough. You used to ring bells in England for a while. You know how that I works. I did. I don't need to explain it to you. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's uh, it's appealing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, Chris, I'd you like know, to state that my last statement was a joke. Yeah, but was it? Hashtag wordplay. Um, look, yeah, I don't have, I don't really have anything more to say about this one. Uh, I think it's worth noting that the cuckoo clock originated in the Black Forest region of southwestern Germany sometime in the 17th century, the modern form of the cuckoo clock. Sure, sure. Um, no, you had an ancient ancient form of it as well. Yeah, yeah well, obviously, yeah. there were 
you know, progenitors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we need to get into... Chris, the uh, ancient Babylonian cuckoo clocks mm-hmm. were a marvel to behold. They were, they were yeah, one of the one of the wonders mm-hmm. of the world. They were always they I were always hanging. Uh-huh. I don't I don't think we need to get into the weeds and discuss uh, discuss you know Prince Elector August von Sachsen. No, um, certainly not Augsburg not, nobleman. Not again. No, no. Um, so I you know that's all I got to say. In that case, you've been listening to Being Jim Davis, the podcast about onomatopoeias and where to find them. You can support the show by listening to it, or liking it, or reviewing it on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, I'd say thanks for doing that. At Inscrutable Taco is my Twitter handle. Um, and I have a different one. Thanks for listening, and good night. Good night. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.